so when I first came in college, that was 1998. Uh, what did I know? Nothing. Yeah. I mean, I I thought <laughs> Me <too. Yeah. laughs> I thought everything looked like Forbidden City mm. and like everybody knew Kung Fu and like right <laughs> like but like you come and you're like wow. I heard that for the first time yesterday. I couldn't believe it because yeah. they swim in the, the river in Beijing, but it's like zero there. It's not minus twenty there. Right. So it's really yeah. Wow. And I've heard I've never done it. I've heard the water feels warm because the water's so much warmer because it's water. Yeah. And so water is thirty two degrees. Or sorry, zero oh, degrees. It's because it's a liquid. It's a liquid. It's zero. Oh. It's not frozen. And so it's going to be warmer than the air. And I've heard that the water just kind of instantly freezes on you. Welcome to The Bridge. Fun conversations on culture, life, and everything in between. Find us where you get your podcasts. If you like the show, then consider pushing the like button or giving us five stars. Suggestions, comments, anything you would like to share, email us at welovethebridge at gmail.com. We love the bridge. Welcome to The Bridge. Uh, We're a show which connects East and West. Today with us, we have a very special guest. Ben Watson is a professor at a, a university in Harbin, and he's been living in Harbin since 2002. A teacher at Northeast Forestry University, he earned his master's in arts in intercultural studies in 2009. He currently teaches PhD oral students, intercultural communication, and various other classes. Welcome to The Bridge, Ben Watson. Thank you. How are you today? I am doing great. You know, we were walking in and you said something very interesting, I think is interesting, because we said, oh, what do you think of the ice festival this year? And you say, oh, locals don't go to the ice festival. <laughs> I think I think that's true in Beijing. You know, I had I've lived in Beijing 11 years or so, mm-hmm. and uh, I've only been to the Great Wall like one time, maybe. <laughs> yeah. But everyone who comes to Beijing, the first thing they do is go to the Great Wall. Right, right. Um, so you've been living in China long term, and I think a lot of people find that interesting. Could you tell us a little bit about, firstly, where you're from in the States. Okay. Um, my hometown is originally Detroit. Um, so Michigan, northeast part of the U.S. Um, also cold. Also cold. Not as cold consistently as here. Mm. Our temperature tends to go up and down a lot more. Mm. So, um, but yeah, so that's that's my hometown. Famous for uh, cars. You know, it's yeah. the Motor City. Um, everybody here just talks about the Pistons. So it's the Detroit Pistons for NBA. That's kind of how mm. most people know it and how I introduce the city a lot. It's a city also that's honestly, the personality is similar to Harbin. Yeah. The, you know, you don't often think about a city having a personality, but, um, you know, in, it used to be in all throughout China. When I would tell people, oh, I'm, I live in Harbin. Mm-hmm. First thing they say is like, whoa, it's so cold, <laughs> right? Like number one thing, like how can you live there? It's so stinking cold. Yeah. And Detroit, everybody, when you say I'm from Detroit, everybody's like, kind of like, ooh, really? That's where you're from. But people from those cities are like, actually don't care what you think. I love the city. Mm. And they're very proud of their city. And, um, you know, they're both kind of blue collar cities. Um, been through some tough times people who kind of work hard, um, play hard, but like, you know, they're very, very friendly, very, very open. Mm. And um, so, yeah, it's just very, very similar. And also honestly, the trees and uh, some of the plants and stuff are very similar. So it just feels, wow, it feels similar. So you found your Detroit in China. Yeah. Yeah. Something (laughs) like that. Yeah. 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 Well, before we get to why did you originally come to China? Can I ask you, you know, how did you sort of find Harbin out of all the cities? I'm assuming most foreigners think, 
Shanghai, right? Or like Guangzhou or Beijing or something. How did you end up in Harbin? Honestly, my first year I was in Guangzhou <laughs> and I was teaching kids uh, third grade. And I realized I like kids, but I don't like teaching kids. Two, <laughs> two very different things. And uh, Guangzhou honestly was too hot. Um, it had really big spiders and I hate big spiders. There's big spiders there. Now I'm <laughs> really, too. really big spiders. And I was just and telling someone the, cockroaches. the reason I wouldn't go to Australia is because I've heard they're really big spiders. <laughs> there, there, there are. <laughs> right. And so I came here to Harbin and honestly, it's just, I, I just, when I came here, I was like, oh yeah, this is nice. And this, the school, it just had openings. And so mm. I knew somebody up here. I was like, all right, sure. Let's try it out. So can you walk me through how an American from Detroit ends up in China? You know, where, where was that thought process from? Oh, geez. Um, you know, it's often little things in life, right? It's just like a idea. And for me, it was a good friend in college who was going to China for a summer, like teaching an English camp thing. He's like, Hey man, want to go to China with me? I was like, all right, cool. Wow. And that was it. And like, I, I didn't know that summer if I'd be back, but I was like, man, if I'm going to come back, I'm going to prepare and just be ready to go. And it just kind of, the love for China kept kind of growing in mm -hmm. me and that desire. So you know, for me, it's really interesting. I came here in 2012, but most of the foreigners who currently live in China came after 2008. Mm. And before 2008, you know, for me and a lot, most of people, China's not even on our radar, right? You know, right, right. It's just like, yeah, why don't you move to Poland? You know, like China isn't up there on the list of like countries before 2008. So when you're, you're coming in 2002, mm -hmm. you know, what did you know about China? Oh, she's very well. Okay. So when I first came in college, that was 1998. Uh, what did I know? Nothing. Yeah. I mean, I, I thought, Me too, yeah. I thought everything looked like Forbidden City <laughs> and like everybody knew Kung Fu and like, right? Like, but like you come and you're like, wow, this is awesome. And it, I just loved it. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know what. So you're living in Guangzhou. You make the move to, to Harbin. Had you come to visit first? No. No. So you're just like, it's going to be cold and they got university positions. Yeah. I'm going. Yep. And, and I came and I, I learned my first year that I'm a very audio learner. And so language, I had studied a little bit of language in the States. And then when I moved to Harbin, I was like, wow, I can understand everybody. Really? Yeah. It was like <laughs> just music to my ears. I'm like, wow, this is amazing. I can like these people talking over here. I can just understand their this Chinese. This past life thing. <laughs> You're like, oh, I found home. <laughs> so it was like, it was what, I mean, I can't understand everything, but like way more than I could in Guangzhou. Yeah. And so, um, and honestly, just the people like were so friendly, even just like the vegetable sellers, fruit sellers. Mm -hmm. I just want to practice. I go see them every day and they yeah. love to talk. It's great. I found that in the the parks in Beijing, the same thing. They're out there just like playing checkers or whatever, yeah. chess, they're playing cards. If I just sit down, they all just immediately will just talk with me as long as I can tolerate speaking Chinese before my head's going to explode. Oh, there's too much new words and too much new vocabulary, which is great. So it's like free having free teachers. Yeah. So and, and they always go through the same questions. Yeah, yeah. Right? The taxi drivers, right? Yes. It's always the same. Where are you from? Right. Where are you from? Where do you work? Yeah. How much do you make? Yeah. Well, that, right? that's the same definitely. three questions. Um <laughs> I want to, I'm curious because you've been here so long, almost <laughs> twice as long as me, maybe. Yeah, roughly almost exactly twice as long as me. Um, so what other cities in China have you explored? What other cities did you like? Because you seem to love Harbin, but are mm -hmm. there other places in China that you also find 
Beautiful. Amazing. Nice. Oh, yes. Yes, absolutely. Um, Chongqing is one of my favorite cities mm-hmm. to Very visit. Lovely. Very beautiful. I just love the the mix of the rivers and the mountains and how the the homes in the city just kind of get swallowed up by that. Mm-hmm. And I love that interplay between the two. Um, and uh, I, I could never live there, just the heat and all that sort of are stuff. Are there spiders there? Uh, there are big spiders. <laughs> and, and honestly, I love the blue skies here in Harbin. Um, you maybe haven't seen so many blue skies in your time here, but we have so many blue sky days. It's mm. wonderful. And so, um, so Chongqing is a favorite. I love, uh, outside of Chengdu, there's a small city, Tujangyan, that has the waterworks and stuff. That's a really cool old city. Mm. I was just in Changsha not too long ago. That's fun. Nanjing is a, a favorite city to visit too. Um, yeah, I've been to, I've been to a few. Chongqing is probably my favorite. I get that a lot place. lately. You didn't used to be, but more and more people are saying that Chongqing is like their their favorite city in China. A lot of foreigners. Well, you know, you can see how we're dressed very differently. <laughs> I'm I'm ready to survive a trip to Antarctica, and you're dressed like you know you're ready to teach a class at the university. Absolutely. So, uh, what kind of how how would you characterize the difference between tourists who come to Harbin and what they think they should wear versus Local Harbin, are they Harbiners in English? Is that sure? Yeah. Local Harbiners, how they dress and what, what differentiates the two? Okay. So, um, there's, there's actually a phrase that Chinese are using this year to call out of town tourists. They call them Xiao Tu Dou, little potatoes. <laughs> and it's because there's a lot of people from the South who just kind of come all bundled up like yes, you yes. in coats that kind of <laughs> look like this. And it's just kind of like, <laughs> cute and it's just like this little like happy and there's little signs around like welcome all the little potatoes and stuff (laughs) it's super fun so um honestly the difference is i i still don't know why harbin men don't wear hats but most harbin men don't wear hats they don't wear gloves i I I gotta wear it's yes i don't that's weird to me my eyelashes were freezing today in the middle of the day i'm not used to that coming from beijing so and it's it's not it's it's not cool today (laughs) <laughs> it was minus 15 right oh good that's not cold oh, <laughs> i mean use often this time of year we're at like minus 30 mm. so when we were coming in I, I noticed that a lot of the men walking around especially the men mm-hmm. did not have gloves on right right but, and but the, i saw some women they were wearing gloves but they were also riding scooters and things so i was like mm-hmm. is it a scooter thing is it a man woman thing that's a man woman thing men they they just kind of let their it was explained to me once of like it feels cold at first and then they get numb and then they feel warm I'm like, really? I just, I'll just keep my gloves on. Your please. hands will just acclimatize. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But there are also a lot of them are wearing several layers of yeah, long underwear. Sure, and yeah, I don't yeah. wear that many. So. Yeah. I mean, I can barely bend my knee. <laughs> I, I couldn't tie my shoe yesterday. And one of my, one of my friends had to help me tie my shoe. I felt so embarrassed, but my knee won't bend past there. So, um, okay. I, I noticed a lot of different food. We already tried, what are they? Plums that are frozen and you oh, have yeah. to defrost them in water. Which was very confusing, the uh-huh. whole process. I think I did it wrong, by the way. Okay. Um, but I've seen strawberries on a stick coated with... The frozen strawberries on a stick coated in caramel. Yes. But what are the kinds of things that Harbin people, Harbiners, eat in the winter that foreigners or tourists from the rest of China should try? Oh, 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 oh man. I love to talk about food. Well, let's go for so, it. <laughs> so, okay. So, a couple of things I'd say you should absolutely eat here. Um, I don't know the translation. There's a dish called Tie Guodun. So a duen is like a stew mm-hmm. and you have this big pot in the center 
and they put in, um, there's a harving dish. My favorite is this style. It's called da feng shou. Great harvest is kind of the translation. It's potatoes, green beans, ribs, and pumpkin in this kind of thing. And then around it, they have this Chinese bread, the, this, or the, a bing of some sort there that kind of gets stuck on the edge of the pot mm. and it gets covered and all baked together. Mm. Oh my goodness, that is so good. You can get it with goose, you can get it with beef or whatever, but I like the traditional with ribs and potatoes and stuff. That's a good, good dish. And that's been really popular this year. That's a good one. Um, you know, we eat a lot of potato and things that store a lot of earthen vegetables, right? Mm. So, uh, di sanxian, that three earth treasures. Have you had di sanxian before? I haven't. Oh man. Um, that's potato, eggplant, and, uh, green peppers. So that's a, that's a famous good sort of like old person harbing. Um, a lot of people eat, uh, sauerkraut, Chinese oh, yeah. sauerkraut. I love sauerkraut. Yeah. yeah. So, oh my God. So that's Swan's High. That's, that's really popular. Um, they often eat it with blood sausage. That's not my favorite, but you know, <laughs> more power to you if you want to eat that. Um, and, uh, so then there's all those things. Some of the favorite foods, famous foods are certainly going to be the guobaro, that kind of sweet and sour vinegary. It's very mm. vinegary here. If you smell it and it burns, when you smell it, then you know, it's good. <laughs> and then, um, Okay. And then uh, the Harbin sausage, have you had that? I've heard that I was going to, yeah, that's one of the things I heard that I was okay. supposed to try. So eat the, get the kid's sausage. It doesn't have, the kid's sausage doesn't have the chunks of fat in it. Mm. So it, it tastes a lot like kielbasa, mm -hmm. if you've ever had Polish kielbasa. Yeah. Super good. Um, on Central Street, you can get the modern ice cream, but tourists eat that all the time. Oh, too. yeah. And that's in a lot of cities now, too. Oh, is it? Yeah, that's yeah, funny. Yeah. It's from that hotel there. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, the modern oh, oh. hotel. Yeah. Um, and trying to think, oh, San Servaldo, that's a good one, too. It's like deep fried potato slivers and potato or peanuts and onion kind of mixed together. Super they deep fry the peanuts? Maybe. But the, the potatoes are deep fried yeah. in like these crunchy slivers. And uh, that's only a hard bean dish. That one's really good too. Wow. Okay. That's that's a lot. I don't think I can. I'm leaving in two days. I don't think. Uh, you know I what? Can I can plan that. it out. You could eat them all. <laughs> <laughs> just a little you bit of this. You can combine a, a few of into one meal. Yeah. 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 Just yeah. mix them in a bowl. Yeah. It'll be okay. Yeah. Uh, okay. So the festival's been going on for I don't know how long. Probably decades. Yeah. Oh yeah 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 yeah. This festival, I feel like they just had their thirtieth hmm. anniversary a couple of years ago, but I don't remember. So you came in 2000. When did you come to Harbin? 2003? 2002 to oh, Harbin. That's when you came to Harbin. When did you come to China? 2001. Well, oh, okay. okay. First to visit 1998 was my first time ever to China, but to live 2001. Wow. Okay. So um, from 2002 to now, uh -huh. you've been primarily in Harbin. Yep. How ha And you say you don't go that often, but you must go sometimes. Mm -hmm. How has the festival changed over that 20 year, 20, 22 year period? Oh. So I think it's become a lot more professional. So my first year, honestly, I was invited with a teacher friend of mine to like carve. And so like I helped him yeah, carve. No, well, no, we just did a snow sculpture first and that was just with this flat tool and we just were carving. Mm. This. It was awesome because I love playing in the snow yeah, as a kid. Yeah, that sounds fun, yeah. And so that was super fun. And the next year we did it again and we did an ice sculpture too. And that was no chainsaw. That was just by hand. Um but I'm not qualified to like, <laughs> you know, we're competing with like these amazing international chefs that have their business cards with their butter carvings on their business wow. cards. I'm like, I can't compete yeah. with that. And then like the snow sculpture, 
I mean, you've seen the snow sculptures some, here. They're insane. monstrous, right? We got yeah. a cube that was like three meters by three meters. I'm like, oh my word, how <laughs> am I going to carve this thing? So um, I, it's become more professional. The lights are, I'm sure, more LEDs and things like oh, that. Oh, it's spectacular. It's spectacular. It's I like mean, it's always been Disneyland. beautiful. Yeah, it's, it's huge. It's always been beautiful. Um, there's more indoor warmth now. Um, some more permanent buildings. The entrance yeah, yeah, is really nice. Um, that's like a so mall that's, here now. Yeah. So I think that's a part, some of the biggest change. And honestly, the subway being here, mm. the subway has only come in in the past couple of years. I think it opened two years ago to this stop. And so that's, that's the biggest change as far as convenience to get over here. But mm. when I first came here, there was nothing on the north side of the river. Hmm. Like that whole area just got built up. So yeah, I also noticed uh, we were touring around Harbin yesterday, trying mm -hmm. to see what there is to see, and there are ice sculptures every couple blocks in different places yeah. all over the city. Yeah. So this is just one. The main. This is the main feature. Yeah. But there are hors d'oeuvres everywhere. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think I think Harbin just knows how to do winter, mm. and like you'll go. So there's these inland waterways, um, like small little. I don't know. They're probably five to 10 meters wide, something like that. Like little brook. Yeah. Little canal yeah. things. And they'll freeze and you'll see people ice skating on them and sledding down those all, all winter long. Yeah. A lot of people ice skate. There's a big field in our ski, our school that they flood mm -hmm. and all the students ice skate. It's great. May I ask, you know, you mm -hmm. and your friends, uh, colleagues, students, mm -hmm. when you talk about the festival now, is there an increased sense of pride because it's gone to this scale? Um, well, and this is the I, largest ice festival in the world. Yeah, 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 no. I, I is it increased pride not among students because students they, a lot of them aren't from Harbin. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right? They're from other places. Right. And you know, students just honestly students complain. And students <laughs> love to complain about everything, wow, right? Okay, yeah. But um the I think among Harbiners that that sense of pride. I've always been hard, proud of Harbin. Mm. I love Harbin. So mm. Um, I, there's such interesting history and it's a short history, but I think it's so interesting and it's just such a unique feeling city in mm. China. Yeah, so. absolutely. I came here in the summer and I went to uh, a synagogue. Oh, yeah. Tr transformed into a music hall. Oh, yeah. yeah and yeah, I was yeah. really surprised because I was reading some of the plaques there that mm -hmm. there were like 20,000 Russian Jews living in Harbin. Very interesting. Yeah. Absolutely fascinating. Um, okay. This is, you know, it seems like the local tip to survive the cold is to not over prepare, but could you tell us, are there local special things that people do to get ready for the cold? Not, not really. Not really. You just wear enough and then you just, I don't know. I, I like know how long I'm going to be outside and I prepare for that. I see. Yeah. I don't like to be too, I don't like to be too hot. I would rather be too cold and too hot. And once you start sweating, then you're in trouble. Because when you go oh, back man. outside after you sweat, yeah. that's bad news. So there's not a lot of gym memberships then. Well, there are, but you know, that's it. You get home from yeah. the gym. I guess you have to dry off first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. A lot of people dry off first. Now, I have a history question for you. Okay. But, uh, you said, you already told me that you mm -hmm. don't want to answer history questions. But uh, do you know, how, how, where did this start? Was the there ice just festival? Like, was the it city? just a guy? The, not the city. Was there like just a guy who carved a, a sculpture and they're like, let's do more of these? <laughs> I don't know. Don't know. That yeah. I do not know. Yeah, that's I know they have like an opening, like we're going to harvest the ice in a traditional way from the river every really? year. Yeah. So this isn't just like from a water hose. 
No, no, no. They harvest it from the, they carve it in this traditional way and they have horses pulling it out. And they have a big festival early December. I think it's early December every year. Yeah. They use horses to pull. Well, not all of it. Just just for that one little bit, right? Because I was just like, we need to come back next year to see. (laughs) No, 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 no. That's just for that ceremony. They're all wearing the special horse clothes and all that kind of stuff. Oh, that's, wow. That's fantastic. You know, people swim in the river now too. I heard that for the first time yesterday. I couldn't believe it because they swim in the, the river in Beijing, but it's like zero there. It's not minus 20 there. Right. So it's really? Yeah. Wow. And I've heard, I've never done it. I've heard the water feels warm because the water's so much warmer because it's water. Yeah. And so water is 32 degrees, sorry, zero oh, degrees. It's because it's a liquid. It's a liquid. It's zero. Oh. It's not frozen. And so it's going to be warmer than the air. And I've heard that the water just kind of instantly freezes on you. And so that sounds great. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Very refreshing. Have you done this? No, no. no would I, you do this? No, no. What if you got paid like a hundred thousand dollars? Oh yeah, I do. For that. <laughs> oh, Maybe boy. get the heart checked. I'd have right? to do. Yeah, I'd have to do checks. some checks first. Yeah, maybe. yeah. Wow, my goodness. Okay, so can you can you because t- you mentioned the LED LED lights mm-hmm. and I did see some chainsaws. So, oh yeah, they absolutely use chainsaws. Yeah. yeah. So um. Can you do you know about how the technology is used? Is it just chainsaws and chipping materials? And I mean, how did they make all of this? Oh yeah, I mean, as far as I know, and all the pictures I've seen and stuff, it's all you bring the you bring the big blocks in. Wow! And they just go to town, and it's people on top of them. There's a there are chainsaws, but there's a lot of hand tools. Yeah, and they're doing the, all that fine work and stuff. I would just have a giant mold. Right of a castle and just start pouring with a water hose <laughs> into the mold and then take the mold off. Right, it is well known in China, maybe not outside of China, that Dongbei used to be a major manufacturing hub of China. Right, and then it became less so. Mm-hmm. And so the econ econo- sorry, so the economy of Harbin has benefited greatly from this festival increasing in size. Do, do people that you talk to talk about that or note that that there's a huge uptick in tourism in Harbin in the winter? This year, yes. This year, yes. Yeah, this year, yes. Because, you know, we've had so many years of no tourism. Mm. And so this year, it's really marked a marked difference. Marked difference? Marked. I think you could say both. Okay. It's a big difference. <laughs> yeah. In from, and it's, I think it's, it feels way bigger than 2019, mm-hmm. certainly. And it was certainly cut short at that time, but way bigger than 2018. And so for whatever reason, it just feels way bigger. Um, Most people I talk to, I'm in a university, right? They're not directly impacted by tourism. Mm. But anything that's good for the city is is good for us. Even if maybe they're not impacted by the economics of it, Mm -hmm. people certainly must note that the streets are full of smiling, happy people, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. And people taking selfies everywhere and... I said, like St. Sophia, like the, whatever crazy oh pictures going on there. It's nuts. Yeah. That, 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 that's an economy of its own. <laughs> yeah. When I arrived there this time and I saw all these young ladies dressed up as princesses and yeah. I was just like, man, I, I should just buy a nice camera and work here. <laughs> it yeah. looked like a really good way to make money. Yeah. Um, you studied cultural, I'm sorry, cultural, intercultural communication. Intercultural communication. Uh-huh. So this is an opportunity for. Harbin to communicate with the rest of China, but mm. I've also seen a lot of foreigners here and mm-hmm. famous foreigners who are famous on TikTok and YouTube, like Lee Barrett and others who have come up here and they're experiencing this. Would you say that this is a vehicle for intercultural communication, not just between Harbin and the rest of China, but Harbin and the rest of the world? Oh, 
absolutely. Absolutely. If, I mean, whenever, you know, been here for 20 years and a lot of people, my friends now know Harbin, but in the past, they're like, where? You know, I'm like, <laughs> oh, it's the biggest city of 7 million people you've never heard of. But I always say like, hey, usually in January, you see these amazing pictures of this ice festival. Yeah. That's where I live. And they're you like, know, whoa. I was talking to some Chinese friends who mm-hmm. came with me here. And uh, th- I told them that too. When mm-hmm. I was 10, 11, I was, you know, watching TV. CNN or whatever, and looking at these amazing, spectacular photos of Harbin. Yeah. And they were like, really? And so what's interesting is I moved to Beijing. I didn't know about the Forbidden City. Uh, I knew that there was the Great Wall and a few other things. I didn't even know there was a palace museum. But I knew about this festival <laughs> growing up in America. That's how famous it was for me as yeah. a, you know living on the West Coast. So, you know, um, I... You you know you mentioned people uh, they didn't know about Harbin but they do know about the ice festival. Yeah. Um, when you talk to your family and your friends back home, what kind of comments do you get about this festival? Oh, they they are just nobody can understand the scope mm. of this. I didn't until I got here. Right. Yeah. Like you're like oh I've seen an ice sculpture before. <laughs> I'm like right, but have you seen ice mansions before? Yeah. Like right like I. I mean, still looking at the people compared to these things, it's like, mm. wow, that's really, really, really big. Yeah. And so, like, I think that's, you just can't understand it. But, I mean, I try to explain it to people and they're like, what? There's buildings <laughs> you can walk through? And like, what? What is all, like, it's just so mammoth. outside. Yeah, it's so yeah. mammoth. You just can't. I mean, this area exists just for this. Yeah. Listening to the bridge. You know, I, I went to uh, Disneyland in Shanghai when mm-hmm. it opened, and I was trying to because I hadn't been since I was like six, right? Right. Been in California, and I was trying to get a, a, a sense of what the scale of it is. Mm-hmm. And coming here today, I feel like I don't know. I'm not. I'm not an expert in like you know square meters or whatever, but it feels very similar in size. Oh and that's yeah. Saying something because this is just melts. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. It just melts. And, and they build it again the next year. They build year. a whole new, complete, like, theme park every year. It's, yep. That's absolutely amazing. Luckily, we have a river really close. <laughs> I can get the ice <laughs> and, from and it. And horses, <laughs> apparently. Yeah. Uh, can you highlight any collaborations that you know about in terms of artists and that bring global dimensions to the festival? You know, all I know about is the... I know that they have teams of people and international artists who come here to mm. compete Mm. In the snow carving competition, which is nearby. I mean, it used to be. Are oh, there people so. from Michigan? Because certainly there are ice carving up there. Uh, I've <laughs> never met anybody from Michigan doing it. In fact, I've heard of, I know that teams from Harbin go to like Colorado yeah. and carve. Wow. And like warming up for this <laughs> whole thing. So, um, so yeah, no, I don't, I don't know of a ton. I mean, if you walk around here, you can certainly see the flags around teams yeah, that yeah, have carved. Yeah, sure. And so I know there is some, I know there are people who come. I'm just not familiar enough. I mean, again, I, 
early on when I competed early, early on before I was, yeah. yeah, like in those early years, it's like, wow, okay, people were coming from Malaysia to compete in this. I didn't know you carved ice in Malaysia. I thought it was too hot. And they're like, well, we carved <laughs> butter. And I was like, well, I thought that melted too, but whatever. It's like they, they, they come just to compete. Are there uh, amateur competitions? Can like normal tourists just show up oh, and start carving? Tourists, I don't know. There's a university competition every year. And or there used to be. Again, I don't read I don't know what's so around this year. So they don't just year. hand tourists chainsaws. No, say, I don't think so. <laughs> be fun. You know what? Maybe next year. <laughs> there's there's a lot of stuff that happens on the river there. Oh yeah, yeah. Right? It looks I mean, enormous. It wasn't fully open that when we went last night, they said it was going to be completely open by tomorrow. And okay. I mean, as in today's tomorrow. Mm -hmm. So I'm still maybe we might have time to visit it on our way out. Okay. I want to go dark. Okay. It gets extremely cold here. Yep. And there are a lot of people from other places. Yeah. Now, I, my my producer, my wife, my friends, they all made me dress as a giant potato. So <laughs> you know, I have more stuff in the hotel than I can even get on at, all at the same time. Uh -huh. But certainly people go the other way and make a mistake and uh -huh. they don't come here prepared. Are there like preparations to help people in Harbin in case they are just not ready? Um, I don't I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I like I don't I don't think there's like emergency warming centers, but honestly, people are so friendly. If you're yeah. like freezing cold, I'm cold. <laughs> go in somewhere. Yeah. And they will absolutely welcome you and give you hot water and help you warm up. And they'll tell you, they'll probably, you know, uh peeping you a little bit and be like, hey, you should have worn more. You're like, yes, I know, yeah. thank you. That's but, very Chinese. Thing. Yeah, yeah. You should wear more, you should drink more, you should eat yeah. more. Um at St. Sophia's, there was a rooming one. Oh, a warming room. A warming room. Sorry. Ah. Oh, there was a warming room. And what I was told, because I, I can't read Chinese on the outside mm -hmm. really clearly, was that it was owned by a company, a heating company. Uh -huh. They get you inside. They give you a free cup of hot water. Uh -huh. Sit down. Relax. Hey, did you know that you should buy this kind of heating? <laughs> oh, that doesn't surprise me. It's a great idea. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, there's there's stuff all around, like, right? The walk Center Street. Um, mm. like there's so many stores. If you get cold, just go in a store. Sure, absolutely. Right. Yeah. 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 I was actually trying to allay my mother's concerns about coming here by saying that it's not like I'm going to be out in the middle of the tundra. <laughs> There'll be somewhere to go in. Our heating here is really good. Yeah. I mean, we I wear shorts in my house. It's warm. You know, this is my first time using those chemical heating pads. Uh huh. I've got yeah. a bunch of those to keep my phone from dying. Right. Because right. the phone suddenly just drops like 30% in battery. It's like, whoa, I thought this said 60%. Now it says like 30%. What right. happened? Right. Okay. So, um, you mentioned that the local harbiners don't come here as much as the tourists. Yeah. Right. So who is the demographic for this festival? Oh, I would assume it's the tourists. I so mean, people of all ages, families. Oh, yeah, because, well, okay, I don't think anybody's going to bring their 85-year-old grandpa here. <laughs> but, I mean, I see yeah, there were some certainly older, some, some 60s, 70s yeah, yeah. age people, which now doesn't seem so old. It used to feel older. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I, I think that's going to be a about your limit. You're not getting many 90-year-old people walking around yeah. here. Um, but it, it seems to be everybody and it's not, it's not a lot of kids. I mean, there are kids here, yeah. but it's not heavy kids. I saw a baby, but I didn't actually see the baby. What I saw was a closed in <laughs> capsule. It was a capsule that was translucent, transparent. And inside there was a, presumably a baby, 
but it was like in a complete like Iron Man style suit with goggles. That's so I, it could have been a dog for all I don't I have, I have no idea what was actually inside of all of this. But yeah, they were really making sure that their baby was protected and safe. So um, Chinese New Year is approaching. Mm hmm. And we were wondering if you could tell us a little bit about you and your zodiac sign. Oh, so I am a dragon. So uh, this is my year. Really? What yeah. is that? Do you know the significance of dragon? Nope. I just know I'm one and it's lucky, apparently. Yeah, I thought yeah, it was it's awesome. Very, it's very lucky. So it's the it's supposed to be the, the best. I, I think so, because it kind of represents China and all kinds of stuff. So, yeah. And so a dragon in a dragon year must, you're going to have a very lucky year. Uh, apparently I've got red socks. I don't have the red underwear yet, but I've got the red socks to wear. My wife gave me some. All year. Socks. You're going to wear it every day. No, I think you're supposed to just wear it for the festival. Oh, really? Because my wife made in the year of the snake, which is my Zodiac animal. Uh -huh. My wife told me I needed to wear red every day. So I got all red socks. And I just wore red socks every day because I didn't want to. I'm, I'm not going to do that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, may I ask mm -hmm. in this year of the long, the mm -hmm. Chinese name for dragon, what you and your family do? Do you do any local special things? Um, honestly, so this year for the festival itself, we're traveling just because the last three years we were here and couldn't travel around anything at all. I love Harbin in the winter, but it is a great time to go see other places. Too. Like, oh, well, <laughs> for example, where have you gone in the past? Um, usually, often it's out of out of China. We'll, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll go to like Thailand or oh, yeah, some place yeah. like that, or been to Vietnam, been to Cambodia, places like that. Just so you go where it's warm. Yes, we will go where it's warmer <laughs> because it's kind of nice. Um, it is nice to get a little reprieve of a few weeks of. I mean, Warm weather. I think my uh, last year in the winter, my wife and I went to Sanya for the first time mm -hmm. because, you know, why not? It's winter. Let's go where it's warm. Right. Yeah. Make, makes a lot of sense to me as well. Um, so, but we will also, to answer the question a little bit more. So the past few years, we've been fortunate enough to be invited to our friends' homes. You know, it's such a family holiday. Yeah. And that's my, what I was asking. Right. And my, but my wife is American. And so we don't have family here. So for people like us, sometimes it can be. It's like there's a big party, but you didn't get invited. Oh, oh, <laughs> that kind of a feeling. Oh, oh, oh. But, Chinese friends, sure. But colleagues. we have Chinese friends, yeah. but they have all of the family obligations, mm. right? It's like this day you do this, this day you do this, this day you do this. But we were invited last year to some good friends' home for uh, the first day of the festival, which was amazing and a huge honor and, and so much fun. This year we're going to go, and I think we're spending the last day of the festival with them. So we're still going to be around during the festival and spend some of it with them. So. There's, there's a, I don't know the name of it and I feel bad about that, but I, I read a bad translation of a book, a Chinese book about a young man who answers an ad to go live, to go spend Chinese new year with a family who never had kids. So he is like missing his family. I don't remember exactly the reason. So he ends up staying with this other family. And then they treat him like as though he were their son. And they have a really wonderful time oh, together. Sure, so it was wonderful. It kind of reminds me of your story of yeah. looking for the Chinese family to spend Chinese New Year yeah. with. Well, if you're here, potentially. Yeah, yeah. So that that's... It's it's been it's been so much fun though, and it's it's fun the last few years to just kind of be a part of it. Everything kind of shuts down though, right? Mm. Like it's so yeah, there's yeah. some things that are just more work because everybody goes back home. Right. I'm happy for them to have a day off finally, right? It's just a pain if I want to buy it, in pairs. Harbin, because my the experience of living in a giant city is that it empties out. Yeah. And is that the same in Harbin? No, not as much. But everybody retreats to their homes. 
So the streets are still empty, but it's not, it's not completely empty. Oh, I see what you mean. It's not, it's just people are in their homes all the time. See, with, with Beijing, it's like we literally lose like five or 10 million people. Right, right. In, in, my, in my wife's hometown, where we go, mm -hmm. uh, it, the population increases by like a million people. Right. So it, all the streets are full and everyone's so happy. And the vendors are actually open because this is the best time <laughs> to make sense. money. Like yeah. all the tourists or kids, you know, all the family's kids are finally back from college or whatever. And so it's a great opportunity to make money. Um, I want to shift gears. Our show is the bridge. Our mm -hmm. goal is intercultural communication, right? Mm -hmm. So, um, do you go back to the states? Presumably, you do. Yeah. And what's? Do you get reverse culture shock, or how does you show up and it's just like ah, everything's the way it's supposed to be? Oh, like, no. How does that? What is that? No, like? no. That's what, a, what do people think of you living here? Oh, we get all around the gamut. Of uh, some people are like, oh man, your life must be so hard, and I'm like. <laughs> are you kidding me? Like life is so like, there's so many things that are so convenient about life in China, mm. right? If I want to go from Detroit to Chicago, mm -hmm. it's such a pain. Like I can hop on a train and I'd be there in an hour if this was China. You're just supposed to drive. That's the American uh, way. I know, right? But I don't want to drive five hours. And so it's like things like that where it's mm. like, so some things are, and, and it is so car dependent. We tend to miss um, the the sounds of the neighborhood, mm. you know, and it's, it's the simple sounds. It's the, it's the women dancing in the square. Mm. It's the, the guy collecting the recycle. It's mm. the person selling the duck eggs, whatever. It's just like those sounds, it's sounds of life in a community in suburbia where I'm from, not from a city in the U S mm. um, it's, I'm not actually from Detroit and just, yeah, you know, yeah. small, small town outside. Right. It's just so dead. Mm. It, it, unless you're right in the center of the town. Mm. And so the life is something that we really, really miss. And that's, that's a hard transition back a lot. Would you say that it's more, it, it, it might not be China and the United States, mm -hmm. but that you feel more comfortable in a more populated area? Yeah, that's, you know, one of the biggest things is that transition from countryside life, more or less yeah. small town life to suburban big city. Life. Yeah. Suburban yeah. life to city life. Yeah. That can be really jarring for a lot of people who come to China mm. is like, whoa, there's a lot of people, but you just <laughs> yeah. learn how to find. That's one of the reasons I love our school is all the trees at the forestry university. Right. There's the river going right through it. It's beautiful. And you can find pockets of real beauty mm. and you can hear frogs and there's ducks and all kinds of stuff and squirrels running around. And it's just really pretty in the middle of a city. So it's like an oasis of forest in the middle of a city. It's really, really pleasant. Mm. Um, so anyways, all that to say though, that's, that's kind of the two China going back. Is there culture shock? Yeah, it, there is because of <laughs> one of the biggest things I just line up to people too close. <laughs> You're a close talker. No line lining up. Like, um, if oh, you're in a line a pipe to queue, right? Yes. Yeah. 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 I stand way too close to people in America. In America. Yeah. And I get dirty looks all the time. My wife's oh, always like back wow. away, back away. Cause I'm standing like, you know, your bubble in America goes about a meter all the way around you. Right. Yeah. I'm and starting China, to remember this. Right. In China, it's only a meter in front of you, but beside and behind, there's no personal space. Right. And so I just I line up too close. That reminds me my first time coming to Beijing. I got in the queue. I thought I was in the queue. And then people get in the queue in front of me. And it wasn't that – if they thought I wasn't in the queue. Right, because you're not clearly <laughs> lined up. Meter, meter, <laughs> right. Everyone. What are you doing there? Yeah. yeah, obviously not in the line. Right, <laughs> yeah. right. Wow. So, well, that that is a really interesting thing to note. Yes. Yeah. So, 
the, do the people like, what are you doing, man? Oh yeah. I've gotten <laughs> are you some trying really, to steal my wallet? <laughs> I've gotten some really dirty looks. Wow. Goodness me. Yeah, so, so my wife was like, back off. So I just have to think like every line I stand in America, I'm like, okay, pay attention. How far back am I? <laughs> You're taking a rule for us. <laughs> yeah. Am I far enough? Actually, that would be, a, fun, that would be a funny YouTube video to make. Getting a rule. What are you doing? I'm just making sure I'm queuing at American distances. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but okay. Well, see, I miss, and I used to miss this Taco Bell, but actually now I don't know if you have it on the East Coast. You have it, right? It's everywhere. Taco, Taco Bell? Taco Bell. Right. Yeah. So in Beijing, they actually have two Taco Bells, at least now oh. I found. So I'm like, yay, the home is here. So I actually don't miss as much. But what kind of things about, you know, conveniences back home do you miss when you're in China? Oh, okay. So <laughs> Detroit has a type of food called Coney Islands. It's not Coney Island like New York. Yeah. If you've never been to Detroit, you don't probably, it was made for the auto workers on the assembly line. It's like just basically a hot dog with chili on top yeah. and mustard and onions. Oh my goodness. And that's a, that's my wife was shocked because she's from originally Seattle area yeah, we met yeah. here in Harbin. Um, when we went there, it's like its own type of food. Like, do you want Mexican? You want Chinese? You want conies? And she's like, I'm sorry. What was that last one? <laughs> it's his own type of like chili dogs plus Greek food together in a restaurant. Wow. It's it really I'm not really unique. sure what that means. I'd have to actually like euros so confused. and all with a chili dog with and chili, chili dogs. It's chili on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Greek food with chili on it. No, no, no. Only the hot dogs have chili on it. That's it. And the fries too. You know, you mentioned they have uh, sauerkraut that. up here. And uh -huh. I got, you got to tell me how to get this. What's Swan Tsai. Swan Tsai. Uh -huh. I need to buy this. So it's like, is it like German yeah. sauerkraut? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I've been missing that so much. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I I'll I, eat it with a Harbin sausage. It'll sound, it'll feel very like Polish. I found an American German. brand and I told my wife, we need to order this. And she's like, do you know how much that costs? But if I can get some Chinese brand that's similar, like, oh, I'm going to fill the kitchen. My goodness. Well, yeah. You can get homemade stuff super cheap. Hmm. All the veggie people and stuff, all the little markets and stuff will sell it. Yeah. Oh, um, okay. So I wanted to ask another question. You presumably you have family back home. Yeah. Like yeah. Brother, sisters, mom, yeah. you know. Yeah. Do they get frustrated that you've been here 22 years? Frustrated. Honestly, the last four years were the hardest um, because it was so long. Um, you know, families, we kind of, you know, I've got two kids and so they get older. Yeah. Right. And so them aging quickly from, you know, 12 to 16 for my oldest. Wow, yeah. And then, you know, grandparents are getting older. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, you lose people, you know, my grandfather died. While we were here, my brother had three kids while I was here to over wow. COVID, right? So it's wow. like, you know, he's got, he's got married and three kids that I've never met these kids. So it's like, that was, that was really hard. Mm -hmm. So going back last summer was very emotional and mm. really important to get back. Um, honestly, being here and living here, I feel like we actually probably get just as much or more quality time. When we go back to the States with people, <laughs> because everybody's busy. It's like, oh, we'll see each other sometime. Right. But now we go back. We're like, we're here for, you know, eight weeks. Hmm. Yeah. It's, it's Let's, we're going to be intense in this time. Well, I guess I'm for, for not everyone, you know, it's not mm -hmm. universally true, but in America, a lot of families only see each other for Christmas. Right. right? So you going home once a year or two is kind of no, the norm. Right. Right. Yeah. So you've chosen to live here 22 years, 23 if you count Guangzhou. Yep. So, uh, I get wow, that really does put you double me. Uh -huh. So, um, are you just staying here? Is this home? I mean, I love to stay. I, I love Harbin. Like, I love this city. I love walking through the city. They have these beautiful paths along 
the, the little rivers is called Majago is the one that goes through our campus. So beautiful. These new greenways. I love the feeling of, I describe it as like the city almost hugs you as you're walking through the street. Cause it's wow. really close to it. That sounds like a motto in the making. It does. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but it's just like, man, they know how to do winter, right? Yeah. And the people are so warm and inviting and the school, man, I've got great relationship with the school. I'd never go anywhere else. I mean, mm. I, I love the school. I love teaching there. Um, it's a, sure, it's a choice and there's sacrifices, but there's benefits. And I think anytime in life, you're going to, you just have to choose what type of life are you going to live and what gets you in the place to make you fulfilled. Well, I mean... <clears throat> I kind of want to get to your university life a little mm-hmm. bit after this. I'm kind of curious because you've lived in this city mm-hmm. for so long. Have you become like an iconic person in the town? People are like, ah, it's our local foreign friend, right? Because I've lived in Be- Beijing has lots of oh, foreigners <laughs> and I've lived there a long time and no one ever is. But I'm certain that you iconic. must have a more special experience. Certainly there's certain pockets of places where they would know me more. There's not a lot of bald white guys (laughs) who speak good Chinese walking around the town. But you also work at the university. So Mm -hmm. you have kind of a, an important position in society, especially more so than in America, you're a university professor or adjunct professor in America. People are like, okay, that's your job. But in China, being a professor is very culturally significant. Right. So do people, how does that affect your relationship being here for so Along in that in that position, my kids laugh because almost everywhere we go, I run into former students. Oh yeah, because I've just been here for so long. Oh, it's like, and they're they're everywhere. They're working everywhere. Right, and so I'm actually surprised. I was kind of looking around that I didn't run into, but I'm like, oh right, there's so many tourists here. Mm. But like, I've run into former students in Beijing. Yeah, just on the street. I was like, I like Ben. I'm like, Ben, who's that? Right. So <laughs> you just hear and you teach. You know, if you teach. 500 to 1,000 students a year, okay. It's the last day of school, kids. Here's my WeChat. Yeah, and it's, <laughs> it's 20 years of it. Yeah. So that's, you know, whatever, 10 to 20,000 students. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of students around. And in a city like Harbin, the ones who stick around, I mean, that's, that's it's great to be able to see them and just kind of keep up those relationships mm-hmm. over the years. And they got a lot of them, right? Like a lot of our closer friendships now, it's like, I was their teacher, and they kind of got on with their life and then we kind of re-meet again. Yeah. And they, they're past the really busy part of their life when right. kids are, you know, toddlers and stuff. Yeah. And so now we become closer friends again. Well, that's, that's fantastic. Really, it's great. Yeah. You studied intercultural communication, right? I just want to yeah, yeah, yeah. keep checking and asking <clears throat> and making sure. So, you know, you're an American, you're in China. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want to get too political, but, you know, things haven't always been one perfect between our yep. two peoples. Yep. Have, have, do you see yourself as someone who can present, you know, uh, an American foot in China as in a positive light? I hope so. Um, you know, there's, there's a lot of, you know, during, during the past four years, there was a lot of questions like, why don't Americans listen? Like, why don't they listen to their government? I'm like, honestly, that's like an American thing. And it comes from our history. We don't want the King of England telling us what to do. Right. Mm-hmm. And if we can explain, from a cultural perspective or historical perspective, why do we act this way? It's easier to understand. Mm. Like that's, that's a lot in that class intercultural communication is like, what do we, what drives us 
it's not, don't just look at this action. What is this person doing? Mm. And I can't assign my same motives from my culture to them. Mm -hmm. You gotta, you gotta look deeper and Mm -hmm. see what in their culture is driving them. And so, yeah, I think hopefully, I mean, that's always my goal in their class is to give them a view of the world and tools to be able to interpret somebody's actions in the best possible light. Well, that's much better than the way I was trying to describe it to my producer the other day. She's like, you're you're so confident. I'm like, yeah, Americans are arrogant. (laughs) You know, and you know, I was kind of like a no, you know, tongue in cheek kind of way. It's a little bit true. You know, we have, we're very, very headstrong. So what is it like being a professor in China? What is that like? What is that like? Teaching, Um, how many kids are in your classes? And well, dude, can't call them kids because they're adults. For, you know, I, I'm sorry. These, how many young people are, uh, young adults are in your class? So PhD classes, there tends to be about 40 students or so in, in each class. And these are, you know, generally between 25 and 35 years old. Mm. I love. Oh, so they're actual adults. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, they, I love, yeah, yeah. I love, love, love teaching the PhD students because they've been, they know better who they are. Hmm. Um, a lot of freshmen and sophomores, younger students are lacking in a lot of self-confidence because they've just been hmm. study machines their whole life, right? right? They don't, they just don't know who they are. Hmm. They don't know what they like. They don't know how to have fun. They don't know what they enjoy. Mm-hmm. They just study. Um, where PhDs tend to know a little bit more. Um, but I, what is it like? Man, they're so respectful. They love stories. They love hearing. Um, and, you know, once I, they're always come in scared. Mm. They're like, oh, I've, I, my English is so poor. And my, I'm like, my goal is just for you to be able to like sit down at a meal at a conference with a foreigner and talk and build a friendship. And they're like, that is probably oh, the most important part of the conference. Right. Yeah. Right. It's not and the speeches. It's not the speeches. No, let me listen to the speeches. And so, um, yeah, like that's, that's why you need to do that. And so let me help you get the tools. And they're like, Oh, okay. I can do that. Right. And so that I, I love that. Um, intercultural communication, that's to master students a lot. Um, I really enjoy the master students as well. I mean, I like, I like all the students. Um, what's different, man? Students are hardworking. Students are. For the most part, right? You, you always get some students who don't work as hard, but most students are very, very hardworking. Um, most of the students are really excited to be there. Um, studying about graduate students still, graduate students still. Yeah. 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 Wouldn't that be true everywhere? Because typically graduate students have to have already met certain benchmarks, right? Yes, but a lot of graduate students are still. They're just doing it because they don't want to find a job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah. Right. And, and that they're still there, but they just, um, this, because of the ranking of the school and the level of the school, it's kind of at the bottom of the top tier. Hmm. And so you get a lot of people from the countryside or from poor areas who are working really hard and get into the school. Yeah. Um, and it's just a, it's a privilege to, to see that, right? I get to, I mean, I, I get a lot of students, especially earlier on, right? They're like, you're my first foreign teacher ever. Wow. Right? And in Beijing, you're never going to get that, right? Yeah. They've had foreign teachers their whole lives. Well, maybe if they... You know, but from another place. Yeah, from might. another place. Because Beijing, I think it's all universities. They have the system where if you're from an underprivileged background yeah. or a minority group, 
you get points added to your Gaokao. Right. So there's universities like Minzu University, which yep. is like a, all kinds of ethnic groups come there. And it's yeah. a, a 50% ethnic minority group. So yeah. Um, I wanted to talk, while we still have time, in Harbin, what are a couple of local and interesting places that you would recommend people see besides the iconic ice festival, which is world famous? Okay, so besides the iconic ice festival, there's a couple of cool things. If, if it's your bag, you can go to the Tiger Park and the Siberian Tiger Park, and you can feed, feed tigers chickens, if that's your thing. Wow. Um, and those, man, those things are incredible. So that, that if, if Tiger n- that's, not, that's not everybody's thing, um, if you're a huge animal lover, probably not. Well, you know, but if you're, that's it's, nature. At, that's how correct. nature works in the wild. You know? Right. But it's, yeah. it, you know, if you like <laughs> yeah. chickens, it's a little, a little bit much. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But anyways, so that's, that's unique, I think, as far as, and you go through, it's kind of like Jurassic Park. Wow. Uh, yeah, like in that a, does in not a, sound, in a bus. That's not and, the best way to sell it. That, but, well, right, right, right. There's, well, <laughs> anyways. <laughs> um, they get pretty close. They'll go up on the buses as you're going oh, through. Oh, wow. Yeah. But of course, um, Central Street. Yeah. And I love that the the synagogue that you talked about that's not mm-hmm. a hall. That's that's a block away from the cappuccino there. Amazing. You, right. Yeah. yeah, no, there's there's good stuff there. So that that place has always had a really good coffee shop. Um and of course Saint Sophia. My favorite area is there's a in a place called Dawai, that's a district. Um there's an old Baroque street mm-hmm. area. Really? Just, uh, this call they call it Baroque. It's just more narrow buildings and that's where they have antique markets it's like it's like honestly like beijing dirt market used to be mm-hmm. back before all the antiques were gone and it's like all fake stuff now or whatever it is it's really interesting what's the chinese name of it uh lao lao dao wai bao lu ke wow i think that's all the time that we have okay thank you so much for your time then Come absolutely excited glad to do it